Welcome to the Building Sustainably podcast, where we explore building high-performance, sustainable homes. Join us each episode to hear from top industry experts on green construction practices and innovative home designs with the core purpose of positively impacting people's lives. Here's your host, Tim O'Brien. Hello, and welcome back to Building Sustainably with Tim O'Brien Homes. As always, I am your host, Tim O'Brien. Today, we're going to talk about sustainability as seen through the eyes of the customer and to help us obtain a a more clear perspective of how consumers view sustainability. We have a very special guest for today's show. Suzanne Shelton, president and CEO of Shelton Group, the nation's leading marketing communications agency focused exclusively on the energy and environmental consumer segments. Her vision is that every home and building in America is energy responsible and sustainability becomes ordinary. She leads the Shelton Group in creating a market advantage for the organizations that are creating sustainable and responsible futures. Shelton's clients include Consumers Energy, Panasonic, Kohler, Eastman, Wilsonart, Suncast, the Environmental Defense Fund, and the Sustainable Forestry Initiative. With 25 years of experience under her belt, she's a pro at helping her clients build brand affinity, market products, and start movements. She speaks regularly at conferences, guest writes for the likes of Fast Company, Green Builder Magazine, and Green Biz. She's been quoted in Forbes, the Los Angeles Times, Washington Post, Wall Street Journal, and the New York Times, as well as other top media outlets. So it's an honor, um, Suzanne, to have you here today. I first met you 11 years ago at a green building conference down in Dallas. And wow. from that day forward, you have been my go-to for the voice of the customer as it relates to green and sustainability perspectives. I've learned so much for you from you. Um, Suzanne and I have also worked together at EBA. We're board members. Uh, EBA is the Environmental and Energy Building Alliance. And uh, we've also collaborated on marketing content and strategies for Tim O'Brien Homes. Now, Suzanne, I know this is such a, a big topic, um, the, the sustainability in general, the, the breadth and the depth of that term is so large. But we're going to go into some of the research your company has done throughout the years. Um, and I know it means so much to a lot of different people, but you've done such a great job getting data and breaking it down, helping customers and companies understand um, what it means and what customers want. So (laughs) my first question is kind of a loaded question, Suzanne, but to start, do consumers as a whole care about sustainability when it comes to products or services they seek? Yep. Well, the short answer is yes. Let me, let me fill in some blanks though. So first off, it's great to be here, Tim. Thanks. And uh, wow, 11 years. That's, that's phenomenal. (laughs) Um, So, uh, one of the things we do is we survey people in America on an ongoing basis. So about three to five times a year, we're in the field really trying to unpack what are people's beliefs and expectations as it relates to energy, the environment, corporate social responsibility. I mean, sort of think, think about it in terms of people on the planet, if you will. Um, so more and more Americans are beginning to have an opinion about that and a frame about that and expectations about that. So in other words, expectations of the companies they buy from. So they, you know, some of us may be willing to do a few things on our, of our own accord to be more environmentally friendly, but really what we want is that the companies we buy from, we want them to be taking action because then it makes it a lot easier for us. Uh, the, the, the refrain in the minds of a lot of people goes, you know, I'm just one person. 
but companies are humongous and they have much bigger impact than I do. So if companies can get their house in order, then I can support them by buying their products. And then I'm sort of participating in, in goodness for the environment too. So all that to say that, yes, today we see that 42% of people in America want to be seen as someone who buys eco-friendly products. So in other words, it, it's not it's not that they think companies should be buy, should be making green products, or it's not that they think that people should buy them. It's like literally they want to be judged in the court of public opinion by their friends and family as someone who's buying greener products. So 42% is a significant number, and we've seen that rapidly increase uh, over the last few years. It's been in an upward right trajectory for the last 10 years. Um, the next step underneath that, because it's, you know, it's kind of easy to say, well, sure, I want to be seen that way. Then the, the proof in the pudding is, is, okay, well, can they come up with an example of when they've done that? And so we asked that question too. It's a two-parter. You know, can you think of a time when you've purchased or not purchased a product because of the environmental or social record of the manufacturer? And for everybody who says, yeah, I've done that, we go, oh, great, name the brand. And that math today works out to about 26% of the people in America who can say, yeah, I've voted with my wallet, basically. So I, I don't just want to be seen as someone who's buying green. I, I've actually done that. So those two numbers, that 42% who wants to be seen as green, and then the 26% who can give us an example of when they've done that, those numbers always track together because intention is always a little bit ahead of action. Um, mm -hmm. Bottom line, this is for real. Like uh, more and more Americans expect companies to do the right thing and more and more Americans. And it is absolutely true that the younger you are, the, the more attuned you are. It's not, not 100%. Like, you know, I'm, I'm a 54-year-old gal and I can tell you I pay attention to the social and environmental record of the brands I buy from. Um, and not every 22-year-old pays attention to it, right? But generally, the younger you are, the more likely you are to, to know about that and seek it out and, uh, and want to act with intention around your purchases. So anybody listening to this that owns a company, you ought to be thinking about, well, what are the things you are doing for people on the planet and how can you begin to, to talk about those in your messaging? And certainly, Tim, you know it's a key piece of your business. You, you, it's, it's in your DNA in terms of what you guys do and the homes you build and the product you build and the way you operate as a company. So it's definitely something that you want to um, make central to your marketing. Have you seen uh, the sentiment change over the years? I mean, have you seen, um, you know, I know when we started in 2007, that's just when uh, the media was really latching on to, or at least from my perspective, it seemed the media was really latching on to green initiatives. And, you know, we had green garbage bags and we had, you know, green. So, I mean, we had all of these different green products all of a sudden hit the market in a short period of time. Have you seen more recent change over the, the these past few years? Um, definitely. So in fact, I can tell you that, um, this was pretty niche until about, let's see, what is it now? 2021. So about 2015, 2016 is when we really saw it accelerate from a consumer perception. And think about that. Like the, the bottom fell out of the market and the housing market in 2008. Um, and so like prior to 2008, we saw that people were thinking, you know, a, a little bit more about green, like, hey, I want to make sure I'm, I'm buying from good companies. And hey, you know, we, we got to protect the environment. So people were starting to think that way. But this is this was true in 2008. It was also true at the beginning of the pandemic. When the bottom falls out of the economy and people start worrying about, can I, you know, can I put food on my table? Am I going to keep my job? Am I going to be able to pay my bills? Like they literally ha do not have the brain space to worry about the environment anymore. So uh, which makes total sense, right? We, we, 
we it's it's Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Um, if if the base of your pyramid is handled, which is okay, let me handle my food, my clothing, my shelter. Let me make sure everybody around me that I love is taken care of. Then I can then I can self actualize, which is the top of the Maslow pyramid, as this sort of greener person I want to be, and I can I can have the luxury of thinking about sustainability and uh, and eco friendliness. So. Um, so we saw some interest pre-2008, the bottom fell out of the economy. Remember, it took us several years to recover from that. So it wasn't time. until about 2015, 2016 that we saw people kind of emerging like, okay, may- maybe I'm okay now. Maybe I got my feet under me. The economy's okay. I'm doing okay. Now I can start thinking about, um, about that again. And, um, but interestingly, um, we saw some backslide at the beginning of the pandemic in terms of concern around the environment. Like, again, concerns about my health, concerns about my job, that all trumped concerns about the environment. But we bounced back really fast. Um, so we did some polling in May of last year. And that's when we saw that, you know, concerns are really backslid because remember, everything shut down in March of last year. So two months in, people were freaked out about their health and about the economy. But by January of this year, we were right back to pre-pandemic numbers in terms of, you know, that that 42% and that 26% that I just labeled. Like, that's right where we were pre-pandemic, and that's where we are again today. So, um, so yes, it has accelerated in the last few years, for sure. And it's not going away. Um, you know, I, I, I don't know if you saw that the, the UN, the um, Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change, came out with a big report yesterday that basically declares the, the Earth is heating a lot faster than they even forecast. And it... And it it is a crawl into a corner in a fetal position kind of report. I mean, it is not, it, it's, it, it doesn't lay out a, a very nice forecast. So, um, and we're seeing it. I mean, look at all the wildfires that, that eat up California every year. Uh, look at all the wildfires that are happening across Europe. Uh, look at the, the flooding, the drought, the hurricanes. I mean, all the stuff that's happening. That We, we all see that now. So there is an urgency on the part of Americans around, um, and, and global citizens really, around, man, something is happening. And we, we got to figure out how to try to curb it and then how to be resilient with it. So, uh, you know, th- th- there's really two conversations now. So not only do we need to take steps to protect the planet, but we also need to take steps to deal with the issues that are already here and happening and probably aren't going to go anywhere. So that was all a lot of words to say, yes, people care about this. And uh, and it has increased over the last uh, five years, particularly. Well, we, we see the same thing to um, Suzanne and the people that we talk to on the housing side. And, and I kind of want to shift, if we can, right now to the to the industry that you know we're a part of and, and you're a part of housing. Um, can you share with our listeners some of the recent research that you've done specifically relating to housing? Uh, you did this great presenta- presentation at uh, the 2020 EBA Virtual Summit, and I'd love for you to share some of what you presented. The First thing that sticks out that I was very surprised by this stat is that only ninety or nine percent, nine percent of Americans name their homes, buildings, or electrical production as leading causes of climate change. Could you talk more about that? Yeah, it, uh, <laughs> it's really depressing. Um, we, we've asked that question for fifteen years, uh, and um, the question being, what? All right. What's what's causing this? This this climate stuff we're seeing. What's causing it? Um, and we give you know we give an answer set. So it's not like people have to come up with it open ended. We give an answer set, and um, you know cars and trucks and manufacturing are, are always picked um, at the top of the list. And you know what? Today cars and trucks are the biggest emitters. Um, 
it houses and buildings are now number two. They used to be number one, but now they're number two because our, our grid, we've got a lot more renewables on our energy grid now. Um, but the reality is no, people don't connect their homes to their environmental impact. They're focused on things like, well, let me bring my, my bags to the grocery store. Um, you know, let me think about, do, do I need to get an electric vehicle? Uh, you know, they're, they're thinking about, uh, gosh, should I buy organic foods? Do, do I need to be more thoughtful about the, the clothes I'm buying, the, the products I'm purchasing? They're not really thinking about, boy, you know, your greatest environmental impact is probably coming from the energy you're using in your home every day. Mm. So um, they, they just don't get it and they don't get how we make electricity. I think the stat on that is even worse. Um, uh, Tim and I may be quoting something from a few years ago. And my, my research team may quickly correct me, but if, if memory serves, only about 4% of Americans can tell you how the bulk of electricity in this country is generated. Um, uh, so, and they will tend to think that we have a lot more renewables on the grid than we really do. So um, now we've gotten so much better in the last 10 years, we've gone from being uh, from 60% of our electricity coming from burning coal to about 30% today. Um, but the idea that we burn coal to make electricity, the vast majority of Americans have no idea that that's, that that's even a thing. That when we, when we do um, like focus groups and interviews with consumers, when we, when we talk about that, they tend to look at us and say things like, isn't that from like the 1800s? Like, what, what do you mean? We burn coal to make electricity? It sounds so archaic, right? How, how is that possible? But, 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 that, but we're still doing it, you know, we're not doing it to the same degree we were 10 years ago, but we're still doing it. And uh, also natural gas as well. So we are burning fossil fuels primarily to make our electricity. And then we use our electricity in our homes, which is why it is so important to build homes the way you build them. Uh, so they are, they are tighter. They are designed from the ground up to use less less energy, and, and also uh, mindful of, of keeping the occupants uh, very healthy. And we'll talk about health in, here in a minute. But, but yeah, it's um, the challenge in your industry is that even as much as people in America are, are leaning into sustainability and they're wanting to buy from good companies and buy good products, the reality is some of that mindset doesn't translate to their homes because they don't, they don't connect those dots. So as, as we're thinking about how to how to market better, more sustainable homes to people. We've got to go. We, we, we can't lean into the environmental messaging as much as some other messaging that represents the things they really do care about when it relates to their home. And then we still get to the same result because if we can sell them better homes and get them to improve the efficiency of maybe their existing homes, then we can still get to this, this, reduced, uh, this reduced footprint. Um, you just can't really message it that way because people are like, wait, what? Why, why are you telling me that? Yeah. What's, my home got, what's my home got to do with it? And the housing stock in general is is pretty old, and right. um, and we as we haven't been keeping up. Our industry hasn't been able to keep up with new home construction over the years. Part of it is the recession, um, you know, that really slowed things down. Uh, household formations continued to come, but housing dropped thirty percent in terms of production for a number of years during the recession. And then it wasn't until about twenty fifteen that it started to climb back up, but we were still significantly short of what's needed to serve the housing needs of, of our, our market here in, in the U S right. but yet we still have significant homes that uh, have gone unimproved in, ter in terms of uh, efficiency, energy efficiency. And you're right. People don't understand what it takes to deliver a unit of energy to their home. And today we focus on driving down consumption. That's really where energy efficiency, you have to focus on driving down consumption. And how do you do that? You do that. Uh, with really strong air sealing strategy, and then just and then focus on you know the light fixtures that that don't need as much 
uh, LED bulbs that don't need as much consumption, Energy Star rated dishwashers, uh, washer and washer, uh, clothes washers and things like that. And you can, you really have to focus on driving down that consumption, but you're right. There's still that disconnect as it's all automobiles. No housing is a huge component of that until we get improve the energy efficient of energy efficiency of housing until we get more new housing stock out there. It's going to continue to be up there as one of the energy hogs and contributors towards, you know, the environment we have now. That's right. And, you know, the, the thing that, um, th- that I can sometimes get myself worked up into anger about is that uh, we, we know how to build better, more efficient homes. You're doing it every day. Um, but the reality is that codes across the country, and it's different in every location, yeah. codes across the country still allow builders to build cruddy homes, basically. Yeah, they, 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 better they, today yeah. than they were maybe 30 years ago. But, yeah. but the way you build, Tim, is not what's standard in our country. Um, a, a lot of builders are being allowed to, to get away with, um, with, with non-energy efficient housing. And it makes me angry because it's like, we know better. We know how to do it better. Why not, why not make the code better? Thing one. And then thing two, what uh, makes me really sad is that then there are a lot of um, average Americans out there looking for a home and they're not sure what the difference is between, you know, Joe Builder, who's just followed the standard code and a Tim O'Brien home, for instance. Like, you have to really work to help them see that difference. And unfortunately, a lot of Americans go, well, but the other one's new too. So surely, surely it's good. I mean, surely we expect builders to build more energy efficient homes, right? Like in yours, kind of like theirs. No, it's not. And they don't, they don't get it. Um, yes. So all of that's a big thing that can get me worked up and angry. If uh, you, know. No, you, you, you hit a really good point there, Suzanne, is that there's this expectation that new homes are energy efficient and there's truth to it, but they're not as energy efficient as they could be. And what I mean by that is like, so typically our energy code, so the, the 20, 2021 energy code is going to be coming out sometime in the next few months, as I understand. And the, you, we're usually builders, states are usually three years, maybe six years behind the energy code. That's, that's historically been the case, right? And, and they work to develop, they want to say, here's 2021, it's going to take us a few years to find ways to get to that energy code. But there are states that are still in 2006. I know. Our state here is in 2009. We're building to the 2015 code and moving towards 2018 code, but the minimum standard is the 2009 code and it's worlds apart between those six years. That's right, that's right. And I'm I'm down in Tennessee, so Lord, let's not even get started on all all the building codes down here. Uh, (laughs) Not true everywhere, but generally in the South, we're, we're pretty behind in terms of mandating and baking baking efficiency into our codes. Suzanne, thank you so much. Suzanne Shelton, um, the Shelton Group. Uh, We hope everyone enjoyed this uh, podcast episode and hope to see you again soon. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in to the Building Sustainably podcast. For additional information, resources, and inspiration on how to build your new high-performance home, head over to timobrienhomes.com. Building for the way you live.